Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. And away we go on the happiest of happy Fridays imaginable. Right, Sarah? Right! Right, Vinny? Right! <laughs> Only six more... Oh, I'm sorry. Right, Ferret? Right. Only six more rounds of the NFL draft left to go. How about that, right? Is that all? Yeah. Um, I, I tell you what, it's you can't declare winners and losers... Especially after one day, much less one year of an NFL draft. But my Philly fans slash friends, mm. do you know how happy they are to get Jalen Carter at number nine? <sighs> yeah, Perfect. for uh, a fit for a player who had the question marks, the certain question marks that Jalen Carter had for him to fall right into, you know, with the NFC champs. Yeah. Really good fit yeah. there. Really I good fit you. there. Winners and losers is a strong way to mm-hmm. put it. To give out draft grades is kind of uh, inaccurate, maybe premature. Sure. But you can certainly have a feeling on, hey, I like what that team did, or I like what that team did. So we'll spend some time today yeah. giving our thoughts yeah. on what we liked and right. what we didn't like, certainly locally and, and around the league. So the Cardinals today have pick number 33, and then they've got three third-round picks. That is correct. Busy day for our football 81, team 81, 94, and 96. Busy day for our foot, And quite possibly DeAndre Hopkins' last day as a Cardinal. I don't know. I'd say well, well, the way they put the thing to weeks. well, the way they put the thing to bed last night, I think it was Monty Ostenford's last last reminder to everybody: either you come correct, or or the or the for sale signs out of the window. Yeah. Oh, you think that was the me thinks you doth me, me, protest me, too, too much? much. What's that me, saying? <laughs> Whatever that is, you, you you're protesting was making, too much. He was making a point. Quit speaking in old English. Doing, yeah. Oh, oh Jerry, what do you feel about protesting you- too much? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I could tell you one thing, though. You know how I missed out on the free food the other day? Yeah. I did not miss out on it last night. I went well, a little overboard what, on what the are, free what are we pizza. Miss, what what did we get here? There's pizza some over there. Pizza over here? Yeah, there's some oh, nice... really? So I want to go eat pizzas that's been sitting there overnight. Not even with a refrigerator un- involved, un- right? Unrefrigerated for 12 hours. Yeah, that's hours. a good some idea. Let me get, get right on that. Some people consider that a delicacy. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I peep you. Some people enjoy that. I uh, I don't get it. But eating five slices of pizza and then immediately going to sleep was not the, <laughs> the greatest of ideas. Oh, oh, you capped it at five, huh? Good for you, Jerry. Well, I wanted other people to have some. I knew there was going to be leftovers anyway. I would have kept going. Well, but but you also had some making up to do. For right, the lunch, exactly. For, I know. I, yeah, for the lunch you had missed the other day, there was some making. Something somebody was going to pay for that. He was eating it with anger. So right, <laughs> slice yes, number four. Yes. Right, someone's going to get a, those guys. Right, <laughs> how dare they do that to me? <laughs> 
All right. Okay. Jared's got a smile on his face. That's all we care about. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Jared's happiness is paramount to everybody. Jared, start the show. Yeah, we're getting somewhere. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, the first round of the NFL draft was a busy one for the Arizona Cardinals and... New GM Monty Austin for it. Cardinals traded out of the number three spot. They dealt that pick to the Houston Texans for the 12th, 33rd pick and first and third rounders next year. Then they traded again back up from 12 to number six with the Detroit Lions. They gave up that 12th, number 33 and 168. And they got number 81 overall in return. And with that pick at number six, Paris Johnson. Johnson? Junior? I tried to get Gambo to do that live yesterday. Fish weren't biting. Oh, man. No. You have to use the right lore with that fish. Yeah. <laughs> Just, no, it was a I don't think Gambo has a sense of irony. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Gambo, come on, Paris. What do you mean I've got no sense of what? irony? I, 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 got I no punched wrink- it in the face. I got no wrinkles in my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson was Mel Kuyper Jr.'s 11th overall prospect, second best offensive lineman, six foot six, 313 pounds, a consensus All-American in 2022, which was his only full season, or uh, was his second full season of college football, started at right guard uh, the year before that. Uh, so we'll have a lot of reaction to the Paris Johnson okay. pick and all the wheelings and dealings. Can I say two things real quick? Of course Paris Johnson, already out of the box, I lo- love this guy. Uh, two reasons why. A, he wrote for his student newspaper in high school. Yes. No, he wrote for, uh, at Ohio State. Oh, at Ohio- oh, so in college, he yeah. wrote for the student newspaper. I read and one B, of his stories this morning. There you go. He had a beef jerky NIL. Did he really? Oh, this oh is yeah. Oh, yeah. A kindred spirit. Tell me about it. A beef jerky NIL. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? we got to get one of those there's for even a, Bickley. There's even a description of the Paris Johnson beef jerky that I'm going to lay on you later, Jarrett. It's a little sweet, a little smoke, and a lot tender. Like opposing defensive players after uh, Paris is done with them. Oh, that's hey, that's, that's, that's wow. the advertising that's copy. good NIL work right a there. A journalist <laughs> with a, a love for beef jerky. Bingo! He speaks Cantonese and Portuguese. Yeah, I read that Just too. like Dan. Just no, like I know. Nick. Three no. for three. No. Uh, the Carolina Panthers started the draft by taking quarterback Bryce Young of Alabama with the first pick. The Houston Texans went QB after all. They took C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. With that pick at number two, and then the Texans, after trading with the Cardinals, took Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama third. Indianapolis rolled the dice on Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson at number four. And Seattle surprised some by taking Illinois cornerback Devin Weatherspoon with the fifth pick. Uh, Witherspoon, excuse me. The uh, draft continues tonight with two rounds, uh, rounds two and three. Cardinals will be busy with four picks, a second rounder, three third round picks. They'll also have two sixth round picks on Saturday. That, of course, unless Austin Ford keeps wheeling and dealing. One of the most players talked about uh, heading into Thursday's headlines, uh, the list of players still available. It was a long night in the green room for Kentucky oh. quarterback Will Levis, oh. <laughs> who was rumored to go stop. as high as number two, not selected on Thursday. Oh, and, and, listen, and now there's reports that some teams are concerned about a toe injury. Yeah, and now that footage from last night is going to follow around that kid forever. That yeah. is just inhumane I, what I, they did to him I, last night. I heard the night. ESPN Morning Show mention it. He was shown in the green room 37 times. Inhumane. Yeah. 
Uh, before the draft got started, we got news that the Cardinals had swapped third-round picks with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cardinals' 66th overall pick goes to Philly, and the Eagles' 94th overall pick comes to Arizona, as well as a fifth-round pick next year. Why? Oh boy. Because Monty That's Austin a weird Ford trade. Called now head coach Jonathan Gannon in the days following the NFC Championship game in December. A restricted period for such contact to occur in NFL head coaching uh, cycles. Yeah. M- more on that later. <laughs> and Austin Ford also said uh, last night he doesn't foresee uh, trading wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins during this weekend's draft. Quote, DeAndre is a cardinal. We're moving forward. We'll see about that. Yeah, but uh, but listen, I- I'm glad he's towing the line. That's, uh, that's what I want from him. That's exactly what I want from him. Yep. Uh, the Lamar Jackson saga is over. He and the Baltimore Ravens agree on a new five-year, $260 million contract with $185 million in total guarantees. He's now the highest paid player in the league in terms of average annual value, surpassing Jalen Hurts, who had that distinction for a couple days. Uh, round two of the NBA playoffs for the Phoenix Suns begins tomorrow in Denver against the uh, Western Conference's top seed, the Nuggets. The league, once again, got around to announcing when they'll play. Uh, last night, Game 1 will tip off at 5.30 from Ball Arena. Game 2 in Denver Monday night at 7, then a few days rest before Game 3 shifts to Phoenix on Cinco de Mayo at 7, and then Game 4 a week from Sunday at 5 o'clock at Footprints. All right, let's go. Last night, I'm the ready. NBA, only one game on the schedule, and it'll be the Boston Celtics moving on to the Eastern Conference semifinals with a six-game win over the Atlanta Hawks. Celtics clinched with a 128-120 win over Atlanta. Jalen Brown had three, uh, six threes, 32 points. Jason Tatum had 30. Trey Young had 30 for Atlanta, but struggled mightily in the second half. He hit just one of 13 shots after halftime. Boston moves on to take on Philly in one Eastern semi with the Knicks and Heat tangling in the other. A couple game sixes on tap for tonight, both in the Western Conference. Warriors trying to close out the Kings at the Chase Center in San Francisco. That game will tip off at 5. Then it's the Lakers hosting the Memphis Grizzlies with a chance to advance to the second round for the first time since the bubble in 2020 when they won the championship. That game t- tips from yeah. L.A. at 7.30. Big night of hoops tonight. D-backs five-game road trip starts tonight in Denver against the Rockies. Merrill Kelly on the mound against Kyle Freeland. 5.40 first pitch. Pre-game coverage starts at 5 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. And uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs last night, Tampa Bay beat uh, Toronto 4-2. The Maple Leafs still lead that series 3-2. Devils blank the Rangers 4-0 to take a 3-2 series lead there. And the Vegas Golden Knights polished off the Winnipeg Jets 4-1 in the game and 4-1 in the series. There you go. There is your splash for Friday, April 28th. Coming up next, we'll get into it. A very eventful night for the Arizona Cardinals. How'd they do? First thoughts straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Detroit Lions have traded the sixth pick to the Arizona Cardinals. With the sixth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State. 
my expectations for Paris are just to come in here and put his head down and work and come in here and, and help our O-line room. And, you know, ultimately we're going to put the best five out on the field. And, you know, that's what we're going to do. So there's there, we're a long we got a long way to go before we're going to kick it off here uh, in training camp and then until the season is September. So there will be a lot of things that have to sort out between now and then. But my expectations for Paris are for him to come in here, be himself, work, and to, to, to help our team get better. Roger Goodell making the announcement of the uh, Cardinals' first-round draft pick, Paris Johnson Jr., Monty Austin Ford, on the uh, Arizona Sports Draft Show last night talking about his expectations for his new and very first first-round draft pick, Paris Johnson Jr., in a busy night for the Cardinals, starting at 3, going down to 12, mm-hmm. moving back up to 6. You needed kind of a scorecard to keep, and that with the whole change in the in the tampering thing with the change in picks, you needed a scorecard to keep track of where the Cardinals' picks are. Yeah. Um, so it was a night of wheeling and dealing with Monty Austin for it, but I got a real kick out of his interview on the Arizona Sports Draft Show. He talked about how, just how much fun it was. That, listen, it was awesome. that was, to me, out of everything I witnessed, uh, that was part of why I began with that theme in my column today on ArizonaSports.com was that very, the, it hit me exactly the same way. It wasn't just a, a sense of confidence or calm. It was, man, I ain't gonna lie, that was a rush, and I loved every minute of it. It was, it, there was an energy coming off of him that sounded very authentic, and it, it, it's, to me, it, it says a lot about him. For instance, has anybody ever jumped in a cold pool? Like, you know, like a really, yes. Okay, you do it, and you get out, and you're like, wow, that was exhilarating. Man, that was unbelievable. Wow. Do it again. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> he did it again. He jumped back in again. So what I'm trying to get at is if you're a GM on draft night and you start working the phones and you're doing calculus in your head and you say, all right, let's do it. Let's make this trade. Boom. It's done. Now, you've either moved up or you've moved down. Generally, human nature says, okay, I'm not doing that again. It, to, to willingly monitor and be in the moment and go back and forward and then continue to do it with every pick and not have any preconditions. I, I, I hated what happened before the draft with Bonnie Austin Fort. We're yes. going to get into it yes. because it's incredibly amateurish what happened to the Cardinals. But what happened afterwards, the way he handled it all, tremendously encouraging to me. And, and again, these are just surface observations, Okay. I, I, I'm not going to go over the board like some and proclaim I love everything. But but to me, this is a good sign. Yeah, I've got mixed feelings on it. Uh, obviously, there's no way to 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 you know absolve what happened before the draft and the in the tampering with Jonathan Gannon. That's inexcusable. And Monty Austin, for to his credit, did uh, own that in, in the press conference afterwards. Um, I was at first. Reaction, Bick, when when the Cardinals moved from three all the way down to twelve. That's a nine spot jump for Houston. I initially was hoping for a little bit more in terms of immediate draft pick help this year. Mm. They didn't get it. They got a first rounder next year from Houston, which is huge because the Houston Texans, I think, made a big splash yesterday, drafting C.J. Stroud at number two and then moving up to number three to take Will Anderson Jr. If the projections are right and the future, the near future for the Cardinals is what we expect it to be, and it is what for the Texans, who are a rebuilding team, it might be the Arizona Cardinals next year who have two of the top three picks in the draft. Yeah, so that's one thing right. to put in your back right. pocket and, yeah. and hold on yes. to. Yeah. Now, have, I don't know this yet. Did this come out do we know for sure, for clarity's sake, which number one pick the Cardinals got? We do. I believe it's Houston. 
Well, it, it, but Houston's got two of them. Yeah, they've got their own, and, and they've Cleveland. got the one from Cleveland. Yeah, do, we know, yeah, do we know? Do we know which one? It was reported Houston's. Yeah, it's Houston's. Houston's. Okay, yeah. so that's good. Okay, um, it, it, this is also the thing that came off of out of last night is there is no mistaking the fact that this is a rebuild. They will not use that word, but that's what this is. Yes. which is also the the strategy behind DeAndre Hopkins. There's no rush to trade him because this season. Only moderate expectations, if any. So you can trade them later. You can trade them for draft capital next year. You don't have to cash in that chip now. That's the mentality of teams that are in the game. The Cardinals are making it very clear we're going to take a couple years with this because we need to take a couple years with this. So, so to me, that I think that has to be folded into every conversation we have about this. But yeah, I, I think getting having two number one or having two first round picks that might be a very High value next year gives them a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I mean the Texans became the first team since 2000 to have two of the top three picks in the draft uh, since Washington did it, uh, and it might be it might be the same. Like I said, for the Cardinals mm-hmm. next year, and, and and that sign too, the willingness from Monty Austin for to accept a first rounder next year for that nine spot jump from Houston, that is an indication of exactly what you just said. This is not a win now proposition no. for no. the Arizona Cardinals. No. Now the pick of Paris Johnson Jr. at number six. I wonder. I just wonder if there was a possibility. We will never know if there was a possibility if they held on to number twelve if they still could have got him there. He was right around that range in most of the mocks and projections. I don't know if he would have been there. I um, doubt it. Uh, did, didn't did, who went? Which one went at eleven? Skaronsky did he go eleven? Went to Tennessee at eleven. Yeah, so he would have been gone by twelve. I don't know. Skaronsky was rated higher on a lot of people's boards. Okay. Um, All I, right. I, I like the pick overall. I think Paris. John, I mean, from a from a prototypical standpoint, he's what you look for in a tackle. That's the other thing to consider. Does he get plugged in at a tackle spot right away? His college playing experience was interesting. Two years ago, he was the starting right guard. Last year, he kicked out the left tackle. He excelled at both. Um, but, you know, you got DJ Humphreys locked up as your left tackle. You brought back Kelvin Beecham. He's probably your starting right tackle. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Paris Johnson Jr. is a day one starter from guard. Yeah, that's that's very possible. Yeah, see, to go back here, here's what I was. Here was the point I was trying to make because Darnell Wright went ahead of Peter Skaronsky, which was kind of a surprise, right? That the Bears ended up taking a guy that uh-huh. wasn't in their own backyard. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I don't you think then in that case, Paris Johnson Jr. would have been gone if guys went ten and eleven, and. If t- I, which I, is to say, if the Bears were looking for an offensive lineman, wouldn't they have taken Paris Johnson Jr. at 10 instead of Darnell Wright? Probably. Yeah, in your point, I, I, yeah. again, we'll never fully know the uh, answer to that question. No. But I, but I did wonder about it. But but I think that's that's why he moved up. I yes. think he realized, okay, if we're going to walk away from this draft with a player that we really value and some stuff going forward, then we got to get back in this thing and move up, which they did. And, and at the time, a lot of people thought six might be a little high for Paris Johnson Jr., but you got the guy you want. So, yeah. And, and, I, and I think the optics, though, of just a guy being that in the moment and that, that flexible is, is a good sign. 
I think so too. Um, and you know, I would be surprised if he's not in that in that with that attitude too. He said after the draft, look, I'll play anywhere. I'll learn to snap. If they okay. want me to play center. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. In ter- in terms of the player himself, yes, no, I yeah, I I think so too. The the kid and one of the things that Monty Austin Ford claimed afterwards was that everybody we bring in here is going to have the right stuff. He used that phrase. And so when you look into this and, and you and you read about the kid, I think that, you know, it, it's yeah. – you never know. You never know how these things are going to fall. And with offensive linemen, it's not – you're like, oh, man, I watched so many highlights of him during the season last year. You got to sort of take people's word for it on how great these guys are. It's Absolutely. not like a running back or a wide receiver where you can watch a YouTube video and, and oh, see how. Without a doubt, I mean, I read more college football than watch college football. To be honest, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and, and, and act like I know stuff about these guys that I don't know. It's not my area of expertise. I'm obviously aware and educated on all of this stuff, as we all are. But you you don't develop. Intuitions about how a player might project in the NFL by reading about it. You, you do that with your eyes. So yeah. So there's an element of trust that goes into that, without a doubt. Yep. Um, we'll have a lot more on the Cardinals. Very eventful draft night. More on Paris Johnson. We'll talk to Max Starks coming up in the seven o'clock hour to get his breakdown of uh, the offensive lineman. And for a lot of people, just at the at the very heart of it, it was a relief to see the Cardinals invest a high draft pick in an offensive line at a premium position because they hadn't used a first That's round right. pick on an offensive lineman in eight years. Agreed. That's a long time to go. You could score the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word ticket to six twenty six twenty. Register and then listen for your name starting next Wednesday during the 7 a.m., noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns take on the Denver Nuggets. Once again, that's ticket to 620-620. Coming up next, that's what we'll get into. Suns-Nuggets, game one in the Mile High City tomorrow. What do the Suns need to do to dispose of the Nugs? We'll get into that and more next. Pickley and Murata morning here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. I mean, they've been one of the best teams in you know, the NBA this year. Obviously, Jamal's back. You know, a part of them that we haven't seen much of. But, you know, we got to be ready for that. Like you said, the head of the snake is Jokic, and you know, he makes everything easier for everybody else. And, um, they play fast in transition. And, you know, they're, they're, they're chemistry. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns talking about the Denver Nuggets. Next up for the uh, Suns, that series starts tomorrow. In Denver, uh, the top seed against the fourth-seeded Suns. And one of the things that stands out to me going into this series, obviously, and you heard Devin Booker say it, Bick, is uh, the last time the Suns saw the Nuggets in the postseason, they did not have Jamal Murray. He was out with a knee injury. And uh, now he's back and he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic in that first round series against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the leading scorer for the Nuggets. Averaged 27 points, shot over 42% from three-point range. So he adds a dimension that the Suns uh, haven't really dealt with recently. Um, and again, I, 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 it's 
the, the four games that we saw between these two teams in the regular season are useless. And I know you, your yeah. thoughts on that. Yeah. The regular season is pretty much I, useless I, I, anyway. Yeah, right. So I, I, I don't know what we can draw from any of those regular season matchups that really mattered to anybody. It, it's The Suns are a different team and the regular season is a different animal. So, But but that doesn't mean you can't draw some elements and a framework of what we might expect. I, I thought it was interesting. A, uh, the Suns sounded very appreciative of the fact that they went up to Denver early. I wonder if that's something that wouldn't have been on the table with the previous owner. Just curious. Because yeah. they all sounded very like it was really great that we could get up here, kind of conduct a little mini training camp up here. We were just going to be sitting around at home anyways. I had mentioned the idea of going to flag to train at altitude. Going into Denver is even better. So I, I, I'm glad I'm glad that whatever they chose, they had the freedom to do what they wanted to do. That's good. Yep. Good job, Matt Ishby. A good job. Yep. Uh, Monty Williams talked about uh, getting to Denver early. Allowing them to get some good work in Stuff. And then, you know, there's always that thing that people don't want to talk about, but it's it's a deal uh, with the altitude. The more time you can spend here, the better. Uh, not quite sure. Two days allows for you to acclimate, but We'll see how much of a factor mm. that is and how much this, this early trip does help. It, it, to Monty Williams' point, it can't hurt. Well, no, it can't hurt. And then another thing that can't hurt coming out of the Clippers series was, even though I thought Monty Williams was a little bit out of line referring to the Clippers as junk defenses, I think that was his way to kind of rationalize a team that kind of coughed up a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter. The, the fact of the matter is the Clippers did throw a variety of looks at the mm-hmm. Suns, and they were able to adjust and see different defenses. They went up against a zone. They went up a bunch of against a whole bunch of stuff. To a man, they all claim that's going to help because whatever Denver decides to do, it's going to be nothing schematically that that shocks them to the point of, oh, all right, what? Do, how are we going to handle this? So I think it just comes down to to mono against Imano. <laughs> to quote DeAndre Ayton, ain't that something? Ain't that something? <laughs> Yeah, and the mono he has to deal with is a two-time defending MVP in Nikola Jokic, uh-huh. and there's you know massive mutual respect between the two players, and it resurfaced again this week with you know what happened in 2021 with the Suns sweeping the Nuggets, but. You know, D.A. was very proud to show off the autographed jersey he got from from Nikola Jokic. It said, D.A., you are beast. (laughs) (laughs) Imano, play against Imano. And I think... (laughs) That's the greatest. When you look at the way these teams are structured and what we've seen already in the playoffs in in both of their respective five-game series, you know what you're going to get from Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really formidable duo. On the Sun side... I mean, is there any duo playing better than than Devin Booker and Kevin Durant right now? No, No, they're going to be really hard to slow down. This very well could fall down to the the periphery players. And I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean that as more respect to the guys that are at the center of things for their respective teams. But DeAndre Ayton is going to have to be beast in this series, I think, for the Suns to, to accomplish mm-hmm. what they want to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, to be a co- no, 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 no. Hold your own against yeah, Jokic. Yeah, exactly. You hold your own against Jokic. So, so if DA can hold his own against Jokic, then Aaron Gordon, the other side, kind of holds his own a little bit against Kevin Durant. It really does come down to Devin Booker against Jamal Murray. Who, who, who what fireworks show is better? 
And a big, that might be what this comes down to. Which superstar is ready to win this thing by themselves? And a big holding your own for Aiden is don't get three fouls in the first quarter. Because yeah. as good as Aiden could possibly play, mm-hmm. if he can't be on the court, the mismatch between Jokic and Biombo or Landell is a lot bigger. Well, yeah. and I think that that's something uh, that we could see. When you're dealing with a guy where everything runs through Nikola Jokic as a big man, you know, obviously you're going to see a lot of Aiton. But how much Jock Landell do we see in this series? To, to change up looks, maybe out of necessity mm. from a foul standpoint. We didn't see him much Hopefully in the Clippers series. Hopefully not a series. lot. Hopefully not a lot. Uh, but it, it's something that's going to change. Another thing that's different for the Suns in this series is, you know, a healthier Cameron Payne who got in only three minutes in Game 5 against the Clippers. And they're counting on him to change the pace a little bit and, um, you know, maybe affect the energy coming off the bench. So, you know, I, I'm real curious to see what the, the, the first steps of this series look like yeah, for both teams. No, yeah, listen, and, and, and to get back to the DA thing, I, I think it's real interesting because, you know, if, if, you're, if, you've, if you're really following and following the vibe of that first-round series, you could tell the DA was feeling a little bit forlorn, a little bit... The butt hurtery, I think, was the word I used before. There was some of that happening, and and I don't know whether he whether he is he, he was responding to just too much criticism that guys were getting on him too much. The bottom line is this: his energy level, particularly defensively, has waned. It's not it's not to the point where it's costing him playing time, but he has got to get. More forceful, and the this butt hurtedness. Yeah, uh, so this has got to this has got to be the series that, that does it. it. It's amazing to me because every now and again, Da will fill the lane and swoop and soar and throw down a dunk, and it's it, it takes your breath away because it's it, and you, it's just a reminder of what is there. What is there if you could only activate and engage it? Now, again, I'm past the point of of hoping he can become a full of of hoping he beast. As Nikola Jokic says, I, I don't. The idea of DeAndre Ayton as a full-time beast, okay, I get it. That's not going to happen. But he is capable of of stringing together a real good series. This would be a good time to do it, like a freelance beast. Freelance beast, like it? Not yes. full-time, but just drop mercenary in. beast. A ten ninety nine yeah. beast. Yeah, exactly. Right. I like that ten ninety nine <laughs> beast. That's well said. Save twenty five percent. Those beasts get killed on their taxes. Yes, they do. Uh, <laughs> really got to plan ahead. Really got to plan ahead. <laughs> so yeah, because we we we've seen we've seen him be able to capture some of this stuff in the past, and again, maybe Monty Williams when he's talking about the camaraderie, maybe this is good for the basketball team because because I, I think things were getting a little wonky. Uh, nothing major, but just a little wonky. And I think this time up in Denver, hopefully this is, you know, will be collegial. It will be bubble-esque, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they'll go out and win one of these first two games. Man, if you well, go that's out, the goal. Man, you go out and you win this game tomorrow night, you punch them in the face to begin this series. Who knows what's going to happen to that team? Yep, and a reminder, not only will you hear the games here on the Arizona Sports app in 98.7, but my man Bick, my man Kellen Olsen, both headed up to the Mile High City for a full coverage of games one and two of this series. Uh, game one tomorrow, game two will be uh, Monday night, so you'll be broadcasting live uh, on the show from Denver a yeah, couple times next right. week. I'll have this whole palatial studio to myself. Yeah.
<laughs> I'm sure I will not be missed. Yeah, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Also want to remind you, the Cardinals just drafted All-American offensive lineman Paris Johnson Jr. with the sixth pick of the draft, and we're giving you the chance to be the first to own his jersey in the new Cardinals threads. Just text DRAFT to 620-620 for your chance to win a Paris Johnson Jr. Cardinals jersey. That's DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 620-620. Coming up next, lots of storylines and happenings from round one of the NFL draft in Kansas City last night. We'll get into some of the juicier ones next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's it's surreal. It's a dream come through, uh, come true. I'm, I'm blessed. I want to thank God for allowing me to be here. Um, for my parents and everyone who supported me. Although it's my name being called, there's so many people that pushed me and allowed me to be here. Um, and as amazing as the moment this is, I'm gonna try to live in this moment. I can't wait to get to work and start building off of it. It's Bryce Young, the number one. Draft pick overall in the 2023 draft. Uh, not surprising. I think some people are still holding out some uh, speculation that maybe Carolina would go in a different direction. But he does go to Carolina. He becomes the smallest quarterback ever drafted. Number one, or in the first round for that matter, surpassing Kyler Murray. Uh, 5'10", 204 pounds, although we know that weight is a little bit fraudulent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I was, by the time the draft rolled around, I was pretty sure that was going to happen. Now, that's not to say that there weren't surprises to follow. Um, C.J. Stroud goes number two to Houston, and then the Texans engineer the trade with the Cardinals to move up to number three. Uh, the Texans are in a rebuild, and there was you know, so much smoke on what they were going to do. They do go quarterback number one, uh, number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they've identified C.J. Stroud as their guy moving forward. I at first glance, Houston is one of those teams that stands out to me because I, I really like what they did. Does it mean they turn things around or a playoff team next year? I think it's still an uphill climb for them. But uh, with with D'Amico Ryan's as their new head coach, they had a real good night. I thought. Yeah, I yeah, I think I, I guess I, I I do agree that getting a foundational piece on defense potentially along with a quarterback is a good way to rally your fan base. Um, it's interesting. We talked to Benjamin Solak, who seemed pretty dialed in. He claimed that their sudden interest in C.J. Stroud was an about face. That everything he had heard was they they were. It, he wasn't even their top-rated quarterback. So Benjamin Solak was was postulating that the owner got involved and and sort of changed the direction. I've seen that a few times, that the owner wanted Stroud, that the front office and everybody else wanted Will Anderson, and they sort of just, just figured out a way, I guess, to make both to, happen. To, to make both happen, yeah. Yeah, it's that was uh that was very very interesting and weird and it, it's it's crazy to me when you think about the misinformation that highlights every NFL draft and it, uh-huh. and it's every year it's relentless. The fact that Will Levis was was hyped as the number 1 pick in the draft via a Reddit thread. <laughs> There are stories now, and this is this is the same thing that happened to the GameStop stock. Remember that whole uh-huh. fiasco? Uh-huh. Okay, this there's a lot of people who lost their backsides betting on Will Levis to go number one based on this Reddit thread. He still hasn't been drafted. Nope. 
So, so the, all the misinformation, it all kind of was laid bare again last night, and, and the Cardinals found themselves in the midst of all of it. I, there, you know, there was when the Cardinals traded out of the pick, a lot of people thought, oh, you didn't get enough. But then when they traded back, it was like, oh, okay, now now it makes sense. Now you did get enough. It, it's amazing how perspective yes. wanes and shifts and ebbs and flows. Well, on on the Texans thing, I want to ask you guys in real time when they picked Stroud. Uh, it's just before the draft. It started all of a sudden trending that that was how it was going to happen. But when they picked Stroud and Will Anderson was there, did your mindset at all flicker? Like the Cardinals would just take Will Anderson after all this, they could get that player. Yeah, because you didn't know. I mean, there were the reports leading up to the draft that there was a lot of teams calling Monty Austin for it to to sniff around, and mm-hmm. we talked about the possibility briefly yesterday because it was Daniel Jeremiah of NFL dot com in his last mock draft that had the scenario that unfolded. He had it laid out that it was going to be Houston that moved up from twelve to number three to take Will Anderson. Um, so that possibility was out there, too. That's something after the fact. When you trade down and then trade back up and you get Paris Johnson, I hope I hope this isn't a situation where the Cardinals, years from now, are going to regret passing on, on Will Anderson Jr. Because when they first made the trade pick, I had the Terrell Suggs thoughts mm-hmm. all over again. Mm-hmm. And I know that came up in your discussion on the draft show with, with Burnsy, Gamble, and Wolf yesterday, yeah. too. Um, that feeling that the Cardinals had back in the day, or the Cardinals fan base had, when they had what they believed was a transcendent defensive player in Suggs who turned out to be just that, and they passed on him for two lesser players. Um, that was mitigated a lot by by moving back up and taking Paris Johnson. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I I think when they moved out of it, that was the fear that okay, are they going to continue to move down? Are they going to end up with a couple of mediocre players in in place of one really transformative player? And, and I think that's part of why moving back up kind of mitigated a lot of stuff last night for the Arizona Cardinals. I uh, Again, I thought it was interesting to me a couple different things. So at number three now, you've got you've got the Arizona Cardinals sitting there and there were a lot of people thinking, okay, what are the Colts going to do here? Are the Colts afraid that a team is going to jump in front of them and take their quarterback of choice? In retrospect, it turns out there was really no Will Levis demand at all. No. So, it, so it was really just the demand for Anthony Richardson. And I had People from Seattle tell one person from Seattle tell me that the Seahawks were very interested in him, and and, and that was taken away. I, I had no idea the Colts were fixated on Anthony Richardson. Everything that was being sold was Will Levis is the perfect cultural fit for Indianapolis. Big, tall, stand in the pocket quarterback like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, just what they like. And and so I think when they pivoted to Anthony Richardson, that tells that I think they did a good job of shielding their intent. Uh-huh. And not panicking that some team was going to get up in front of them and take him. So uh, it, it, it was just fascinating to me that the, that the Cardinals sat there with an asset and they traded off their asset to a team that didn't even use it to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Which was odd. I didn't foresee that happening. Yeah, a team moving up nine spots mm-hmm. for a defensive yeah. player. When does yeah. that happen? Yeah. <laughs> and so so the Seahawks went and took a cornerback because Anthony Richardson was gone, which is something they've never done with John Schneider in a first-round kind of capacity. And then after that, it got very interesting. And, and, and the fact that Jalen Carter, a monstrously... Uh, now, that's a beast, Nikola Jokic. He beast. He beast. He beast. Yeah. Uh, to go number nine, you might have gotten the best defensive player on the board at nine. Now, g- 
granted, do I trust him wholly? No. Mel Kuyper had him number one overall. Yeah. Just but from a football standpoint. In this the Eagles draft. were a team that could afford to take a chance. Or they yes. think they do. They they think they've got the infrastructure to absorb it. It's the same thing with the Cardinals and Robert Kimdichie. Same thing. Yes. But this is much higher rent territory. Top ten. Top yeah. ten. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned two teams in, in your little recap there that I love what they did yesterday. At first glance, again, I love what Seattle did. That secondary, you plug Witherspoon into that. Man. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. with, with Tariq Woolen. Uh-huh. I mean, Legion of Boom 2 is born. Yeah, no. You're, and you're, then they add Jackson Smith and Jigba, the first wide receiver off the board at number 20. Add him to Lockett and Metcalf. I mean, I love, and, and I mean, they're on a, they're on a heater when it comes to draft picks after last year. Yeah, no, I, I, yes, I and think. I, they're looking what, formidable, too. I and, love what the Eagles did, too. You and to the point where Micah Parsons was said he was sick to his stomach that Jalen Carter fell all the way to the Eagles. And that's from a rival defensive player. Yes. Uh, but the Eagles getting Carter at nine, and then they add Nolan Smith, who might have been the freakiest of all freak athletes and, and prospects in this draft. They get him at number 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more pieces for that defense for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, yeah, I really like what they it's do. Fascinating because because I still think I still think the 49ers have the better roster. The Eagles have the better quarterback, and that seems right now at this moment to be the to the top of the NFC. Maybe the Cowboys right behind them, but you know this is this is very very early on in the process. How about this? Uh, four consecutive years prior to last night, there has not been a running back go in the top fifteen. You had two of them last night. Yeah, first time two have gone in the top twelve since twenty seventeen when Fournette yeah. McCaffrey. Won. The Lions pick I think was especially surprising. He was that. even surprised to go that high. Yeah. Tamir Gibbs went number 12. I had seen him in the 20s, but um, yeah, the Lions had an interesting night, too. Cardinals just drafted up All-American offensive lineman Paris Johnson Jr. with a sixth pick. We're giving you the chance to be the first to own his jersey in the new Cardinals threads. Just text DRAFT to 620-620 for your chance to win a Paris Johnson Jr. Cardinals jersey. Once again, that's DRAFT to 620-620. Coming up next, we'll take a closer look at Paris Johnson Jr., the Cardinals' sixth overall draft pick. That is straight ahead on the Friday edition of Bickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.